Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on pain.tv slash gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. The Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's pick back up where we left off. We still have a lot to uncover, folks. There's a lot here that we need to hear from journalist Stephen Kinzer on MK Ultra, and then I'm going to tie this into what seems exactly like MK Ultra. We're still doing it to this day. Under various names, obviously. So let's continue. Just a question of administering these super high doses of LSD for very extended periods of time. There was also like questioning and other kind of testing that went along with the administration of these high doses. Tell us about that. Gottlieb and the CIA established secret detention centers throughout Europe and East Asia, particularly in uh, Japan, Germany, and the Philippines, which were largely under American control in uh, the, the period of the early 50s, and therefore uh, Gottlieb didn't have to worry about any legal uh, entanglements. Okay, and we talked about that yesterday, folks, but just let this sink in here, okay? So on one hand, you have Gottlieb back at home in the United States setting up fraudulent foundations to dispense LSD to various institutions to run experiments on unwitting people. And then on the other hand, you have him over in Europe and East Asia with secret torture chambers running experiments on people, okay, running experiments on people the same way the Nazis did. Meanwhile, he's trained by the Nazis and the Japanese torturers. Okay, all because the state allowed him to do this, funded him to do this under the direction of Alan Dulles, the director of the CIA. And so now he's over in Europe and East Asia running Nazi torture chambers so that he could evade any legal consequences or ethical consequences here in the United States. This guy didn't just get on a plane and go do this on his own. He wasn't some rogue agent. He was working under the direction of Richard Helms, 
who later became the director of the CIA, but under the direction of Alan Dulles, the director of the CIA at the time. All right, let's continue. Uh, in these places, he carried out his most extreme experiments, some undoubtedly fatal. We don't know how many people died, but uh, a number did, and many lives were permanently destroyed. So what you found in these Europe experiments was a confluence of two interests, both uh, uh, that uh, preoccupied the CIA. Okay, hold on one second. So he's saying he ran these experiments, the most brutal of all these experiments, and some people literally died. So he actually murdered people, right? So what would be the difference between what we are led to believe Auschwitz concentration camp was, where they ran experiments on people, they tortured them, and then they actually killed them. They started murdering them. Okay, after they ran these experiments and they they worked them to death, they tortured them. They ran all types of transhumanist experiments on them. And now Gottlieb, on behalf of the United States government, is doing the same thing. So how are we any different? Why should we have not been invaded by world allies and taken down? We were doing the same thing with direction from actual Nazis, folks. I mean, for those of you who have heard this for the first time, this has to be mind-blowing. For me, I'm almost, I'm not desensitized to it, but I understand that it happened. But I also know that it's still going on today, which is even more troublesome. And all this stuff for the Nazis was supposedly leading to the final solution, which was going to be to basically exterminate all Jews. And I believe today it's being run for the final, final solution, which is the extermination of all humans. All right, I back this up a second. Let's just hear this again. Just extreme experiments, some undoubtedly fatal. We don't know how many people died, but uh, a number did, and many lives were permanently destroyed. So what you found in these Europe experiments was a confluence of two interests, both uh, uh, that preoccupied the CIA. Number one was Gottlieb's desire to find the, t the key to mind control, which the CIA considered its absolute greatest uh, project and most important priority. Second, CIA officers in Europe and Asia were capturing enemy agents and- Okay, let's just pull this back one second there. So as he says, as Kinzer says, the CIA's number one goal was to achieve uh, the ability to mind control people. Right. So you can't believe that Sidney Gottlieb was just running his experiments without any supervision if the CIA's number one goal was to figure out mind control, meaning Sidney Gottlieb was obviously chosen because they believed this guy, this chemist, was going to be able to achieve mind control. And they gave him the budgets to do so. They let him set up fraudulent uh foundations to funnel lsd to various institutions and run experiments on people in the united states and then set up secret torture sites for him in europe and east asia so he obviously was not just running around as some maverick he was doing what the cia what the government what the state wanted him to do now let's continue which the cia considered its absolute 
greatest uh, project and most important priority. Second, CIA officers in Europe and Asia were capturing enemy agents and others who they felt might be suspected persons or were otherwise what they called expendable. They would grab these people and throw them into cells and then test all kinds of uh, not just drug potions, but other techniques like electroshock, extremes of temperature, sensory isolation, all the meantime bombarding them with questions trying to see if they could break down resistance and find a way to destroy the human ego. So these were uh, projects designed uh, not only to understand the human mind, but to figure out how to destroy it. And that made Gottlieb although in some ways a very compassionate person, certainly the most prolific torturer of his generation. See, like, I don't understand. I mean, am I reading that wrong or understanding that wrong? How is Stephen Kinzer assigning the word compassionate? Or, or, or is it just not picked up right in the translation? It's supposed to say, like, incompassionate. How is he saying compassionate, yet this prolific torturer? Second off, the United States running around acting like the good guy who has the moral high ground is letting this monster, a trained a Jewish chemist fella, trained by the Nazis and the Japanese torturers to electroshock and starve and torture people and try to break and destroy their mind. I mean, break and destroy their mind, folks. I mean, do you understand this is us? I'm not reading you a story about a Nazi scientist. I'm reading you a story about our guy in the CIA running the most important division of the CIA at the time, the most important program. They wanted this, oh, I guess Dr. Peter Emanuel would say, if we could break the mind, this will be a revolutionary moment. And so you're going to see that the work that Gottlieb did leads right into not only DARPA Brain Initiative, not only the Cyborg Soldier, but some other stuff that I'm going to show you. Uh, shortly, but we need to finish this part first. All right, let's continue. And were there any guidelines in effect in the U.S. that would have made it illegal had people known what he was doing? This is one of the most remarkable aspects of the Gottlieb story. He operated almost completely without supervision. He had a, sort of a checkoff from his uh, titular boss and from his real boss, Richard Helms, and from the CIA director, Alan Dulles, but none of them really wanted to know what he was doing. Okay, okay, so let me just explain this to you folks so that you are not mind controlled and so that you are not brainwashed or propagandized this is where kinzer has to be throwing in misdirection and running cover right now because with everything that he claims that happened that he got from research of which i have no reason to believe did not happen and the fact that he believes that at the time, the CIA's number one project, its biggest goal was to mind hack somebody, to break their mind, okay, to break their mind, to control their mind. 
And then he's going to tell you that Gottlieb, working under his real boss, Richard Helms, who later became director of the CIA, and Alan Dulles, who was the director of the CIA at the time, really didn't want to know what he was doing. I mean, does Stephen Kinzer believe that he just mind hacked us he is going to control our minds he's going to push that misdirection propaganda at us that after everything he's saying he uncovered that Sidney Gottlieb was just some guy running around with budgets with secret torture chambers with basically carte blanche to kill people in these secret prisons in Europe and East Asia uh, being able to set up phony foundations and funnel LSD purchased by the CIA with approval from his bosses and funnel that into institutions and prisons and hospitals and such around the country. Oh, through the Veterans Administration, through hospitals. And that we're supposed to believe that there was no oversight. No, it was just this guy, Gottlieb. He was the monster, folks. Don't worry about it. It all ended as Kinzer would say in the early 60s, or others would say in the early 70s, it all ended with Gottlieb. No more MK Ultra. It's done because he was just running all this on his own. What a load of crap, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me take a break because I'm pretty heated. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold folks we run cover for no one over here no one the dust and gold standard remains completely independent mike moore the uh, purveyor of pain.tv slash gold the host of the thomas Payne podcast when he approached me uh, i don't know two three months ago about doing this show over here at uh, the pain platform he said you can talk about whatever you want just be careful on a few topics because it'll get you thrown off the podcast platforms and then you won't be heard by anyone except behind the pain.tv slash gold um, paywall which i don't want that to be the case i'd like to get this information out all over the place so i i run cover for no one folks i'm trying to uncover the truth as you are that's what we're doing over here. I want to know what is going on. I want to know where it came from, and I want to know where the hell we are going so that I could best try to avoid this stuff. And so I probably just burned any chance of getting Stephen Kinzer on this show. I said to myself before we started, listen, 
Just let it go. Don't comment on Kinzer himself. But I can't do it because there's so much misdirection in his articles and in his spoken word that if I don't, then it's going to look like to my audience that I am running cover uh, for Kinzer. And that's not the point of this show. I'm trying to uncover the truth and I analyze this stuff based on research I've done and then with my opinion, which I express to you all the time. So I just can't let it go, folks. All right, we're going to listen to a little bit more of this and then I'm going to show you an article that ties into where this goes today. All right, let's continue. He operated almost completely without supervision. He had uh, sort of a check off from his uh, titular boss and from his real boss, Richard Helms, and from the CIA director, Alan Dulles, but none of them really wanted to know what he was doing. This guy had a license to kill. He was allowed to requisition human subjects across the United States and around the world and subject them to any kind of abuse that he wanted, even up to the level of it being fatal. Yet nobody looked over his shoulder. He never had to file serious reports to anybody. I think the mentality... Of course he didn't have to file serious reports, Kinzer. Of course. He wasn't running completely without anyone looking over his shoulder. He, you just said, had a license to kill. He literally was running illegal experiments on people in the United States and overseas and torturing them to death as he was loading them up with LSD and mind hacking them. You just said he had the stamp of approval from Richard Helms and Alan Dulles, the head of the CIA. That's who was looking over his shoulder. They don't have to look if they told him, we don't care, you can kill people, you could be a monster. That means they just wrote him a blank check and they said, here, here's a blank check, fund whatever you need to do, you can do whatever you want. And they could have said to him, we don't need to know what's going on, but you have a license to kill. Therefore, he could do anything he wanted. So now you can't sit here and try to just say that this was only Sidney Gottlieb. It was Sidney, Sidney Gottlieb with the permission of Alan Dulles, the director of the CIA. All right? That is the state. That is the state. And he did it in cooperation with many other people who worked at these torture campsites with him, who were parts of these universities and these prisons and places where they were running these illegal experiments. Of course he had people looking over his shoulder. It was Alan Dulles, director of the CIA, who told him, do whatever you want. Do whatever needs to be done. Come on. I mean, to try to make it look like it was just this maverick running around doing this in the dark of the night, like he was Dexter or something. He worked in the lab by day, but at night he was Dexter. He would line the rooms with plastic and then torture and kill people. But no one knew what he was doing. He was just completely funded by them and sanctioned by them to do it. Come on, folks. All right, let's continue. Reality must have been, this project is so important. Mind control, if it can be mastered, is the key to global world power. That the idea of it disturbing a few lives or losing even a few hundred lives could not be seen as important enough to outweigh that imperative. Only when you get caught up 
in a cause like that that allows you to put aside conscience uh, and all other moral considerations and even serious scientific considerations? Can you allow yourself to get caught up in a situation like this where one person is allowed on his own whim to go out and torture and kill people and the people who might be supervising him really don't want to hear about it for reasons that have to do with the old CIA code, which is the code of all secret services. The less you know, the better. You're not implicated. As a result of this, Gottlieb was allowed to work for 10 years uh, without anybody supervising him or even really being aware or wanting to be aware of what he was doing. Now, the question is, again, does Kinzer ever draw any conclusions here? Does he ever say, well, what's the difference between this and what the Nazis were doing? And if the head of the CIA, Alan Dulles, allowed it to happen, what makes him any different than the high-level folks inside the Third Reich? Okay, what makes him any different? What makes Gottlieb any different? What makes the United States any different than the people that we supposedly went to war with and then took this technology from and then picked right up where they left off? And does Kinzer, I'll have to look into this, okay, so I apologize if, if, if I'm wrong, but I, does Kinzer ever point out what we're doing at the Brain Initiative, what we're doing at the Veterans Administration now? What we're doing with Cyborg Soldier, what we're doing in the Army, what we're doing under the DOD, what we're doing under the CIA now, the companies that we're funding in the private sector, the transhumanist experiments that we're running to this day. I mean, if you're going to tell the story about Gottlieb, you have to pick up where Gottlieb started and then bring that to fruition into what these programs grew into today, which is what we're doing here. And there are some others out there that talk about this kind of stuff, folks, but I take my time with this because I want you to be able to absorb it all and understand it. All right, let's continue. So before um, Sidney Gottlieb started experimenting with LSD, he ran CIA experiments with marijuana, cocaine, heroin, mescaline. I guess those didn't work as mind control drugs. Well, they might not have worked as mind-controlled drugs, but they spread them out all over the country. Listen, again, you want to smoke something, you want to snort something, you want to shoot something, that's on you. I mean, I guess if your life is so terrible that you need to get messed up like that to escape it, I mean, you have to do what you have to do. But the fact that the CIA is experimenting with this stuff, and now all of a sudden we've entered a time where they're legalizing a lot of this and selling it out of government head shops, uh, makes you have to wonder, did they discover that this stuff could lead to mind control? Are they mind controlling people? Uh, why would all of a sudden they want to sell it? People say, oh, so they can tax it and make money. Folks, they were running the underground version of this before. Now they're just making it easier for people to go get it, which means they want you to get it. Because before, if it was illegal and more difficult to get it, and a kid was afraid to go into the ghetto to buy some kind of drugs, uh, he might not get it. Now they just go, hey, get your government card. I know people that have it. You just tell them that you have PTSD because a teacher yelled at you in kindergarten, and they will give you uh, a marijuana card. 
It's that easy, folks. It's that easy. So the government wants you to have it. You have to say, why does the government want you to have it? Why did they make it so easy to get all of the jabs and the boosters? Why did they spread that around for free? I don't know. I don't know, folks. All right, let's listen to a little more of this. He was trying everything. He not only used the drugs that you mentioned, but extreme forms of uh, stimulants and sedatives. One of the techniques they tested in Europe was to sedate a person to the coma state and then feed him extreme doses of stimulants. Uh, And then when the person was in the transition phase between comatose and hyperactive, they would electroshock him with very high doses, hoping that Maybe this combination would be the thing that could blow away a person's mind. So uh, the CIA and Gottlieb in particular were limited only by their own imagination. Gottlieb's imagination ran wild. He himself used LSD by his own estimate about at least 200 times. So his imagination was very fertile. And under the conditions of his employment, he was allowed to pursue any form of experimentation that he could imagine. Okay, so this guy, Gottlieb, is over there dropping acid while he's running experiments on how acid could blow someone's mind away. So, first off, if they want to just blow your mind away, they could just kill you. All right, isn't that a little bit easier? So, they want to blow your mind away. And some of this we're going to get into with Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays. Uh, because I was talking to her about this, all of the mental illness that is uh, rampant today and alive and well on the streets and in the grocery store. And so Maria talked a little bit about that on the Thomas Paine podcast, but we're going to get into that with her. And so you have to say to yourself, well, if this guy was doing experiments on blowing people's minds away with LSD, then why is he in charge of the project if he's trying to blow his own mind away with LSD? You think that would have been something that maybe the director of the CIA would have brought up to him? Now, we're going to have to end this here today, and I'm going to pick this up tomorrow's show. We're going to finish this piece, and then I'm going to tie all this in to what's going on today. Now, we already know, obviously, about DARPA's Brain Initiative. We know about Cyborg Soldier, which we're going to get back to because there's a lot more we have to learn about that. But I just want to show you something. This is an article from June 2022, all right? So this is, um, what, 60 years after Kinzer says Gottlieb stopped with MKUltra. Uh, trying to blow people's minds away with LSD. Well, look at this, folks. This is from June. It says right here, after six decades, and this is the New York Times, after six-decade hiatus, experimental psychedelic therapy returns to the Veteran Administration. A series of clinical trials used MDMA and psilocybin mushrooms represent a resurrection of promising research abandoned in the 1960s. You understand that? So MDMA and psilocybin mushrooms uh, were part of this promising research abandoned in the 1960s. And this is at the Veteran Administration. So we're going to delve into that, folks. But let me just read you this quick little piece. 
the Department of Veterans Affairs, and they love to play games and run experiments on the veterans, folks. I mean, you join the military, you go off and you kill people on behalf of the government. They jack you up with all types of vaccines and shots when you go off. Now they want to turn you into a cyborg soldier and manipulate your mind. And uh, you get to come back with your limbs taken off of your body and they'll give you uh, bionic limbs attached to a Neuralink brain chip or a transcranial electronic stimulation helmet. And so the sadly, sadly folks, the veterans are used as guinea pigs for these experiments as we've shown now in many different pieces we have analyzed here at the Dust and Gold Standard. But it says the Department of Veterans Affairs recently began offering psychedelic substances to patients as part of clinical trials, a major step in the quest to determine the therapeutic potential of illegal drugs the federal government has long deemed dangerous. At least five trials are underway or being planned by a handful of government clinicians who see potential in using psychedelic experiences combined with psychotherapy to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse, and other conditions endemic among veterans of recent wars. Quote, this is a watershed moment, end quote, said Dr. Rachel Yehuda, the Director of Mental Health at James J. Peters Veterans Affairs Medical Center in the Bronx, who is leading one of the studies. Quote, this is a time for a lot of hope, end quote. The theory at the heart of the research is that compounds such as uh, compounds such as MDMA, also known as ecstasy, and psilocybin mushrooms, when taken in a safe setting under the guidance of skilled therapists, can yield powerful insights and disrupt harmful patterns of thought and behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, I wonder if in each of these laboratories at the different veterans' Uh, administration hospitals where people like Dr. Rachel Yehuda run her experiments. I wonder if there's a giant plaque of CIA's chemist, Sidney Gottlieb, hanging on the wall that says, keep it going, folks. Keep it going. Let's blow those minds away. Because if that is not mind-blowing, folks, that we are right back to where we left off, and this time they're running the experiments on these veterans just like they did back in the 1960s when they ran these experiments on prisoners, on veterans, on uh, students at universities, folks, this should blow your mind. This is mind-blowing that we are blasting people's minds out with psychedelics again. And tomorrow I'm going to finish this piece with Kisner, and then we are going to get into this, the LSD movement back inside the government, the experiments that they're running, and how that's trickled over into the so-called private sector. I've mentioned it briefly on the show before, but I'll show you what private sector folks are behind this and how they are coupling the psychedelics with the VR, virtual reality technology now, giving people psychedelics and pushing them into the metaverse, folks. It's all real. It's all right there. And it'll lead us back to Cyborg Soldier and how the government is propagandizing this technocratic transhumanism into the mainstream and getting people 
on board with being engineered out of existence. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 